getting hot, Loza. Hot temperatures. Global warming. Guys, today we're talking about climate change, the climate crisis. Crisis. Yeah. The global north. Yeah, this is the one that scares the Europeans. Malaria might be coming to your doorsteps. If it's essential to travel, of course. I'm just saying never travel. I travel. Your few hours of pleasure is causing years of historical damage. Hello, Globies. Welcome to the World Health Investigation Podcast. My name is Jocelyn. I'm Edna. And I'm Loza. We are three young global health professionals and your hosts for the World Health Investigation Podcast. Also known as the WHI. And we're discussing all things global health and unpacking the most controversial health and social issues. As well as promoting new wave global health development and equity. So, ladies, what is the team? in global health today is getting hot today is getting hot loza hot temperatures global warming (laughs) come and see connections (laughs) guys today we're talking about climate change the climate crisis 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 (laughs) Is it a global health crisis? Is it a global health issue? Is it even our problem? Why do you need to even think about climate change in global health? Well, well, <laughs> well here. Um, I wanted to begin with a little example, case study to just showcase people. Lovely. Um, you know, my first instinct was to think about Cyclone Idai, which mm. some of you remember, um, hit Zimbabwe, Mozambique, and Malawi. And it is actually estimated to have killed around 1,300 people. And so what happened was an example of in Mozambique, uh, for example, they experienced a cholera outbreak right after or shortly after the storm hit. And this is because, as we know, cholera is spread by water contaminated with sewage, for example. And obviously after the storm um, people were saying, for example, there was stagnant water, it wasn't draining, mm-hmm. because a lot of people had died, they were just decomposing bodies, general lack of good hygiene and sanitation, which obviously then led to the cholera outbreak. Mm-hmm. And then I think another thing that maybe people don't realize about like um, climate change, like events like this, or rather climate events like this, is the mental health impact. You know, for example, people were reporting a lot of like, post-trauma disorder because their houses were destroyed. So obviously mm. all their belongings are gone. They may have lost family members, etc. So I don't know. Are you guys convinced that maybe this is a global health issue, climate change? Yeah, that was convincing. <laughs> <laughs> that was convincing. Yeah. Huh? You convinced me right now. <laughs> no. Climate change is a crisis. Yeah. It's a global health crisis. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the signs. Very, very. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, this in itself, it's not something to be scared about. It's coming in the future. Like, it's happening right now. It's, it's happening weird. now. Right now. So, yes, I think because I know in the world, we do have climate change deniers in general. So mm-hmm. I want us to try to do something where we just, let's let's establish the facts. Let's go back to our basics. Establish. Yeah. And then we'll also discuss how it actually impacts health in general. Right. Mm-hmm. Number one, global warming. It is happening. It's true. It's true. It's true. 
scientific consensus says that the average global temperatures are rising. Now, whether you think that's human made or whether you think it's just natural, you know, besides the point, the science is showing that global temperatures are rising. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Earth's temperature is thought to have risen, is rising by 0.08 degrees Celsius per decade ever since 1880. That's just facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that might not seem like a lot to you, but like small changes in the Earth's temperature will bring on chaos. Chaos. Yeah, and it's been predicted that at this rate, it, mm-hmm. we don't just need to stop the carbon dioxide emissions from rising. The carbon dioxide emissions need to go to zero for the earth temperatures to stop increasing. Mm-hmm. We're not, it's not enough to say, oh, okay, yeah, we've reduced our CO2 emissions. No. At the moment, if 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 carbon dioxide emissions are not reduced to the minimum, minimum, minimal level, temperatures could rise up to even by two degrees by 2045 and even more <clears throat> to four degrees by 2080. See. 2045 is not that far, guys. That's when we'll be like 46. Like yeah. yo mm-hmm. that's very soon. Very soon. That's very soon, people. Yeah. And you may be wondering how this can then impact the human body. So right. if you go back to your physiology, you know that the human body usually your temperature is highly regulated to stay to like 37 degrees celsius Mm. now any like really small deviation from that 37 degrees celsius is when you know when you're feeling fever and stuff like that it can be very bad Mm -hmm. it's estimated that you know because of these higher temperatures they make it harder for our bodies to continue to regulate so people can experience heat exhaustion and stroke Yeah. yeah and you see that already like with heat waves especially elderly people like a lot of them died during heat waves. So it might not seem like a big deal to you, but it is a health um, crisis in a way. Yeah, yeah and not, not just elderly people, like pregnant women as well, mm-hmm. uh, neonates, yeah. babies, deliveries, mm-hmm. there are many, many more premature yeah. deliveries. At risk. At risk. So there's so many, there's so many uh, potential impacts of climate change on health. And yeah. It may not happen to you directly now, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I want to specify. Sometimes you think I'm healthy. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For now. For now. For now. So consider other people. Consider other people. Fact number two. Okay. Worsening air quality. Yeah. Obviously, currently, as we continue to burn fossil, oh, fossil, fossil fuels, I cannot talk today. <laughs> continue to burn fossil fuels we're not just emitting greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide methane but we're also releasing toxic pollutants into the air right so just like particulate matters like solid things like you know dust dirt soot and smoke Mm -hmm. and bad air quality is definitely not good for your health yeah we've been new i mean (laughs) i've no actually this isn't funny this is very scary but yeah, go on. No, sorry. No, I just I read like very recently there was a paper by King's College London where they um showed that children born in certain parts of London, like the Tower Hamlets, mm. literally had reduced lung capacity and reduced lung developments because of their poor air quality yeah. and the like in the place that they were born in and grew up in. So mm-hmm. they're gonna be at risk of you know um lung-related diseases in the future because of pollutions. Um yeah. 
So why is that not a bigger public health crisis right now? I'm not sure. I don't know. In fact, yes, bad air quality and just breathing in all these particular matters like smoke, it can cause inflammation, leading mm-hmm. to asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which That's is right. the disease of the lungs, pneumonia, and long-term people think, you know, you can even develop lung cancer from that. Yeah. So WHO even predicts that air pollution is estimated to already cause 7 million premature deaths. 7 million people already we think are dying from (sighs) the environment affects health environment affects health again number three we are seeing more extreme weather events Mm. so like we saw with our cyclone Idai for example Mm -hmm. we are seeing an increase in frequency and severity of extreme weather events So I remember last year, 2021, we experienced so many wildfires. It was in California, France, Greece, Russia. You think of a cocoa place like Russia, they were having like wildfires. Mm -hmm. Um, There were hurricanes, floods in Germany, Switzerland as well. Yeah, Switzerland was flooded for a bit. Yeah. And you may be thinking, okay, flooding, health, well, Extreme weather can cause injury, like actual physical injury. Yeah. You can experience trauma. And then in the aftermath, like we saw with cyclone Idai, there can be infectious disease outbreaks that can come uh, after such an extreme event. People, you know, flooding, mudslides, whatever it may be, it can reduce people's access to health services mm-hmm. and experience power outages. And that's going to affect how you store medication, for example. Right now, we know with COVID, the big thing was cold chain supply. And, right, for Pfizer and them. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so it can be like the event happens this month, but then months later, like in June or whatever, we're still experiencing, you know, the aftermath. After. Yeah. Hey, come and see facts. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, it's so. Uh, I mean, I get shocked, but I don't get shocked. Yeah. Like, even when I heard the Amazon rainforest be on fire, it's becoming a desert. The whole um, yeah. you know, the Amazon rainforest. Mm-hmm. The whole yeah. Amazon rainforest. The lungs of the earth. It was cold. The lungs of the earth. And now it's just, it's scary to think about. Yeah. Yeah. So next thing, the next fact is we are probably going to be expecting a spread of infectious diseases, like we've touched on. Increases in water and air temperature is going to move diseases like Lyme disease, cholera, towards the global north. Yeah, The global north. Yeah, this is the one that scares the Europeans. Malaria might be coming to your doorsteps. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling them, you know. Exactly. I remember reading a paper around how potentially if you have extremely high temperatures or any extreme form of temperature change, Mm -hmm. now you're shifting uh, the evolutionary tendencies of these pests. Mm. I read somewhere about like snakes, for example, if you have maybe due to climate change like snakes and there are no longer as many snakes so then you have more and more rats and now that mm. we don't have you have more rats now that means for that particular for that particular environment it's not good so right. if you have more rats now that means there are more rats to eat more insects and then me insects that rats eat the insects and vice versa and then now we go ahead happen to go in the forest 
we get infections. Yeah. Like the West Nile virus. Yeah. How did the West Nile virus start? It started off with the mosquitoes. So if you have a mosquito, if you have an increase in mosquitoes, and now you have human beings that happen to interact with those, then we'll have a West Nile virus outbreak. That's mm-hmm. what happened with COVID as well, right? Yeah, like, I mean, as you encroach into the habitats of, like, animals and as you go into where they are and you're having more contact with them, then most infectious diseases are zoonotic. So that means, you know, like, it's transferred from animals to humans. So, yeah, like, that's a big thing of, like, and being considering the environment when you talk about health is as we encroach their habitats, we're going to get their diseases. And COVID, we don't know for sure which animal gave it to us, but it is very likely that we got it from this situation. Well, you know, from seafood, um, it's a well, yeah, it's a seafood market, so from bats, but it's, it's yeah. a lot of arguments which particular animal it was 100%. But yeah, and I think, yeah, I, I like what you said of like we're messing with the equilibrium of things, mm-hmm. and so then it's kind of creating this feedback loop of like more diseases and more. That's how we're, gonna, we're gonna have more infectious diseases. Are we really gonna die, mate? Are we really gonna, Are we really gonna die? <laughs> yeah, scare you, but not us fear mongering. No, but... I think, no, I just think it's important to note the infectious diseases moving back to the global north because there is this narrative of like infectious diseases typically just affect the tropics, and that's why we perhaps you know we have neglected tropical diseases. <laughs> to infectious diseases because we think it's a problem of the tropics and us here in the global north we just need to focus on our chronic conditions and all these things but no baby no baby it's coming for you too climate change is gonna force those infectious diseases back to your door and just think about it yeah think about it this way but most of the reasons why there there are infectious diseases in the tropics is due to temperature and temperature changes now if the whole world becomes hotter that's what I mean. You're That's what I mean. Malaria is at your doorstep. We're all going to be in trouble. So we're all in this together, watch guys. Out. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then the last two points are on water security and food security, of course. Yeah. So in terms of water, flooding can contaminate water and reduce people's access to safe and clean water. And we know that is very much just like a basic human need and just a basic health need. Mm-hmm. Food security as well. We can have droughts, you know, increasing in temperature, causing droughts. And, you know, that's going to spoil our crops. And again, like we're saying, we have different, we're encroaching on different animals, um, habitats and stuff like that they can now just come in and start contaminating our own crops mm-hmm. so that's gonna lead that's gonna cause some in food insecurity there yeah and even like droughts that's yeah. the one that gets east africa a lot like i'm ethiopian so it's yeah as the temperatures get hotter maybe for europe it's like okay we get nice weather but like it gets really hot for us and like lack of rainfall again leads to food insecurity yeah. And that, I'm literally thinking of cholera as well. I'm thinking of the, of the cholera outbreak in Haiti. Um, literally, as there was a flood, there was a flood. And that led to what? Pollution of water, right? Mm-hmm. As the water got polluted, that's how people got cholera. And there was a cholera outbreak. So maybe in Europe, yeah, that may not happen instantly. But if, if, if that happens as well in any country it is very, very possible that you're going to face consequences of not just 
um, not just uh, oh hot temperature or whatever. Yeah, it affects people. It's causing outbreaks. It's causing major, major, major infectious disease complications. But here we are. And as we all know, diseases, you know, they don't have borders. So what happens on one side of the world will show up at your doorstep too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Even Bridget doesn't have borders. Like- oh yeah. Also, global warming is for everybody. <laughs> for everybody. Oh, getting hot. The tea's getting hot. Yeah. And I again just want to emphasize the mental toll. Like that just cannot be ignored. Like these extreme weather events, they can be very traumatic. Water and food, water and food insecurity displayed. Mm-hmm. That can be caused. Right. Those things can drive anxiety, depression, post. Because can we even talk about like climate change refugees, like people that will be displaced from their homes, their countries because of climate change and the mental toll that will take as you literally don't have a country anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah, there's a lot to consider when it comes to climate change and health. Yeah. So, do you guys, do you have any doubt in your mind that climate change has health impacts? Mm, yeah, no, I'm joking. I will kill you. <laughs> she said, I said all of this, I give you all these facts. Exactly. Only for said, climate change is a real, guys, please. Loza. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Personally, I'm still feeling kind of cold. So you're telling me about climate change, but I'm feeling a bit cold. Can you fix that? Can we talk about that? But can we also talk about the fact that we are like what end of February right now? Hot. It is hot. It is hot outside. Like I've never seen February like this in my life. The sun is shining. I've already been feeling some allergies. I'm like spring is oh spring is on your doorstep. If you live in the United Kingdom, London, you would understand. How chaotic the weather is. Yeah, yeah. You start off a beautiful day with rain, and then it starts snowing, and then you have hail, and then it's sunny, and it starts snowing again, and it starts being rainy. We've we've had that before. And then we have wind. Then we had uh what's her name? Eunice. <laughs> Eunice came and said hello to us the other time. <laughs> a gentle hello. You, if you know Eunice, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm personalizing her because she personally affected me. <laughs> she affected me because all the trees, the trees were falling on the train racks. The, the trees were falling on on people. The, the trees, the wind was importing the O2 Arena. Do you know the O2 yeah. Arena in London, United Kingdom? It blew off the rooftop. And you want to tell me that climate change? Does not exist. Must be very mad. You're so traumatized. <laughs> My goodness, the auto roof really touched you. Yeah, I just said I can't believe it. You can get anything, but the auto. <laughs> yeah, I can't lie. I saw that and I said, "Ooh, this one is serious." Yeah, I was minding my business, but Eunice wanted to carry me to the air. It wanted to take me to heaven before my time. Did I say I want to go? And you said you have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, just you still raised some like really good points there, but like you see, it disrupted transportation. There's people that have to get places. There's people with right. boats. What if your boss is not very <laughs> right? There's a tree here, and they're like, but you must still come to work. Yeah, and they be like that, you know. 
like that. And also, I mean, like on a more serious note, there were people who were also experiencing power outages. And obviously it's it's still winter. It's not like it's completely yeah. I, mean, I had my friend. I had my I had friend no heat. like, oh, I have to go, I have to go back to I have to go back to work. But then I can't go to work because this is the we're told to stay at home. But yeah. the boss, my boss, his boss is telling him to go to work you see you can't go to work so now i would just sitting down at home praying like please god let this not be this time it's time because if he goes and something happens it causes conflicts as well it's in relationships (laughs) causing it causes major problems in the works in the workplace anyway let's not get off topic which ultimately can affect health too because again the health and its social determinants mental health i mean even if you lose your job your health is anyway it's long it's also very interconnected i think yeah we just want to go through all this because we know because we know there's people who deny it but right to establish the facts right so now let's move on to the culprits Mm. who is really emitting all of this carbon dioxide all these greenhouse gases you yeah, I saw you use a plastic straw yesterday, so I think it's you. Wait, are you acting Edna? Also you, actually. Is that like a, is your glasses, I see plastic in there too. Where did you get that first? She in? What? No. <laughs> I directed it. I'm, excuse me. I'm wearing, I'm, I'm drinking from a metal mug. I don't do, pla- I don't do anything. <laughs> I avoid plastic. I make sure I do my recycle. But again, we're not talking about individuals here. Let's okay, let's get, yeah. Because this corporation. I want to address Jeff and them. Right. We know that in the world, mm-hmm. the top three biggest emitters are China, United States of America. America. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot sometimes when people talk about who emits the most clothes global carbon emissions, they'll talk about all low to middle income countries contribute 63% of global carbon. Why are you asking me? Why are you asking me? Why are you always... I mean, why did they group everybody together? The fact that you can group all the... All of us and say 63%. Why are you always lying? Why are you always lying? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Stop. You're serious. But no. Right. But I also want to shift our attention to healthcare itself, Mm. the healthcare sector, because we do have emissions that we break down in terms of like how each country is emitting. But let's try to think about the healthcare sector. Right. So, did you guys know that the healthcare sector accounts for almost 5% of global dioxide? Dioxide. Global dioxide. <laughs> Carbon dioxide. Carbide. I mean, it's because we might as well call it global dioxide. It is oh, global Lord. Dioxide. <laughs> <laughs> the health sector accounts for almost 5% of global carbon dioxide emissions. Mm-hmm. But they think if healthcare was a country, it would be the fifth largest emitter. Top five. Did not know until today. Because that's crazy. We are involved. We are implicated. So hold us accountable. Come on, Edna. She said, I guess we're involved too. We're getting dragged today. Yeah. We're not perfect. 
I'll give you specific examples. So in 2017, mm-hmm. um, the NHS alone, you know, uh, uh, Justin, what is NHS? Sorry, explain to me. I forgot. NHS, the, the, the National Health Service. That's the <laughs> United Kingdom. That's our health, our free health. Our free health. <laughs> that same one that's giving you free health. It is contributing <laughs> to around 6.3% of the hey, hey. climate change. Why are you asking my NHS? No, your NHS. Why are you asking my NHS? Leave them alone, please. They're giving people free help. Let them be. But also giving us free carbon emissions. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, no one can be exempt from accountability. No No one, one. not even the NHS. No, not even health, no. (laughs) Not even the NHS. And I just like this quote from, from Tedros where, mm-hmm. he, where he said, you know, uh, healthcare sector facilities are also a source of carbon emissions. We know that. Um, and Tedros was like, this is perhaps ironic. As medical professionals, our equipment is to what? Do no harm. Do no harm. Do no harm. Have as a, I'm going to have that as a slogan. A slogan. Do no harm, guys. Do no do harm. No harm. As medical professionals, our commitment is to first do no harm. Places of healing should be leading the way, not contributing to the burden of disease. He was in a mood to drag that day, huh? That was <laughs> he said, I'll stay and do you do what you will. He's not wrong. He's yeah. not wrong. Um, I, I, could, I can identify like multiple places where health can contribute to climate change and global warming, like... You know, all the traveling that you do for the conferences. Mm. <laughs> all the single-use plastic we'd be using in the lab. <laughs> Amongst other things. Can I just say something? Yes. You go to a conference, you talk about climate change, you talk about new recycling, but mm-hmm. you travel there. With what? With your, what? Poster. your private jet. I'm not acting anybody. I'm not. The world is your oyster. But you're the world's oyster. What are you traveling with? You want to travel the world, travel everywhere. In what? You have an oyster card in a private jet. <laughs> an oyster card for the non-British people is a transportation card that you use <laughs> to take transport. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. No, Jocelyn, you bring up an excellent point because I don't know you guys if you remember the COP26 mm-hmm. that happened in Glasgow. It was That's it last year. Yeah, very recent. It was just very, the very other day. Recent. And you'd be seeing them on the news. There's like, yes, the global leaders, they're arriving. They're arriving in their private jets. You're here. Climate change summit. You are flexing on the atmosphere. <laughs> you are flexing so on the So let's sit there and discuss about how burning wood in Africa is going to destroy the world. And they arrived on a private jet. Make it make sense. Make it. Y'all couldn't share a plane at least. You know what I mean? Like, let's have a real, let's have like, like a little real side conversation here. If they offer you a private jet to go to work, will you say no? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get cancelled. I can't talk all this stuff and then they catch me in a private jet tomorrow. <laughs> I'll say it wasn't me. They offered you private jet to be traveling. Will you say no? They say, Liza, we need you to go. We need you today. Okay, We're gonna get I'll take a commercial off. flight, guys. There's no they put me in first that. class so I could look, I could feel cute. But you know, if you have money for a private jet, put me in first class. I feel bad, man. Why am why am I by myself doing private jets? 
You're the most important. I'm like 55 kilo. I don't need one plane for my whole self. It's okay. I can share a plane. I'm not that bougie. I personally will not lie. Like first time they say you you have to fly private because we just need to get you there so fast. I'm like, is it by force? I get it. <laughs> pack my bags right now. I'll go right now. If I go there, I better be oh fighting. Or I better be. You know what I mean? Be really so yeah, what what is it that is so important that they need me there asap Rocky? You know. I mean, this this pandemic has shown that we, we're all doing everything on Teams and Zoom. This right now we're in different Switzerland, where some of us are in Switzerland, some of us in this WHI podcast, Switzerland, mm-hmm. the UK. We're exactly. doing. Like, if I had to fly every day to be going to <laughs> and and fly every day to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to consider that. You know, some of these billionaires would do it too. Yeah. I do want to balance this a little bit though. Like, do you guys think there's literally like no value in doing things mm-hmm. in person versus like virtual? No, there is value. But like, I think it's important to, especially within global health, if we're going to acknowledge the impact of climate change, it's important to consider is me being in person essential to the work, mm. right? And if so, of course. But I think one thing um, with COVID, a lot of these organizations realized is a lot of their travel wasn't essential to their work. They actually could do it over Zoom. Yeah, that might not be as fun and as exciting. But you know what's not exciting? Floods and hurricanes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. So I think, yeah, if it's essential to travel, of course, I'm just saying never travel. I travel. But I don't know. Your few hours of pleasure. Is causing years of historical damage. Well, there we go. Let's let's write that down. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's what it is. I think there is value to in-person work, but may, it's just somewhere sometimes it's essential, sometimes it's not. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I can see why sometimes, especially these like global leaders, you know, these high-level mm-hmm. meetings, why they may think it's really needed to have them in person. Like I don't know, there's probably something. Maybe I don't know politics like that, but something about you know going there giving that strong handshake yeah you know yeah diplomacy maybe they don't want their zoom meeting the negotiation all these different things i'm sure there's politics around it and the importance of all all of that but i think it was a good point like for some of us like am i an essential person like must i really go there more important but yeah but i mean even for them i think my problem wasn't even that they traveled it's the fact that they each had their own plane Mm. Like, how can you do that? Like, it's just very counterintuitive. Yeah, you don't know how they're not embarrassed. They were self-isolating. Girl, they were not self-isolating when they were all hugging in front of, like, what is it, that thing, wishing themselves luck and doing photo ops. I'm screaming. This is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to be very serious and very... We just keep asking them. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So... I then wanted to talk. Yeah, let's 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 focus a little bit on like COP twenty six. I was mm-hmm. a little bit into like you know they come to this COP twenty six. Was it COP twenty six? Yes, and yeah. they have maybe some outcome statements. <coughs> Excuse me. And for instance, you know they 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 all went their world leaders, and these are some of the things they agreed to do in terms of solutions. Like they recognize just as we have, like the the facts are undeniable. The climate change crisis is real. There's something. Mm-hmm done and we need to target you know lowering carbon emissions stuff like that so these are some of the things they say we want driven commitments to move away from coal power great you know 
burning fossil fuels, like we said, you know, is contributing to global warming. Mm-hmm. Halt and reverse deforestation, reduce methane, methane emissions, and speed up the switch to electric vehicles. You know, these are just some highlights of uh, what's what they they're suggesting as like a path forward. Now, my thing is, if you remember again, I said low um, the top 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 emitters are. <laughs> countries and they have come up with these solutions do we think that these climate change solutions are fair and equitable like they they actually make sense for all countries in the world <laughs> let them eat cake they said use electric cars it's easy come on now yeah. the tesla these days right tesla's are, come on anyone is giving them away of course, all of us can just get electric cars. Yeah, I have one in my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. Um, I think it's a little hypocritical too. After they, well, actually, not only after they polluted and they did their industrialization and delayed hours, and they're still polluting to come and you know give these solutions that are a little tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Is no, it's not equitable. No. Exactly. And guys, not to always bang on about like colonization, but it, it is what it is, you know. No, that's why I said delayed. <laughs> many, many of these uh, European countries, people who are now top emitters, they obviously had the opportunity to have like these industrial revolutions where a lot of that, you know, progress and technological advancement was being powered by coal, for example, and that contributed mm-hmm. a lot to mm-hmm. like Know, greenhouse emissions and all of that but now we have suggestions for example of like yeah let's drive away let's move away from coal power mm-hmm. right and i know during cop 26 there was a whole back and forth between india and some of these countries because i think yeah, the wording, they essentially they started off by saying we need to phase out coal power and india came in there like what do you mean phase out <laughs> phase out like why to where <laughs> Where they say we need what to actually they like slowly stop using I completely get rid of coal power. So phase out would suggest like yeah, we'll slowly cut it down and then get rid of it. And then you said no, wait a minute, maybe it should be phased down, which is what mm-hmm. I think finally concluded, which is like we don't want to completely get rid of coal power because obviously that is still like important for different countries' development. We want to just reduce it. Mm-hmm. that's the compromise they had to reach mm. it's an interesting one because there's two sides to this coin i remember you justin saying like in order to in- stop global warming like these increases in temperatures you need to cu- cut carbon dioxide emissions not reduce them but then from this perspective it's like okay what is a realistic approach to do that because if we say india stop using coal right now do they sit in darkness like what what are they meant to do then we need to find like a sustainable approach to replace that and an affordable approach to replace coal before you kind of make demands like this. Exactly. It is, that's, that's the part where I find it uh, a bit unfair in terms of like, you cannot just ask every, like for the top emitters, I think perhaps it makes sense for like a lot of efforts to be focused on them in terms of cutting down these carbon emissions. Mm-hmm. I do think we need to recognize that some countries are still trying to very much modernize and, you know, do all these different things. So is it really fair to tell them to like, no, you need to slow that down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to, I just add on to that. The Western countries have gone through their whole industrialization phase. 
right? They've they've yeah. had they've had time to they have emitted the carbon dioxide. Mm-hmm. They've had their time to emit it, and nobody was at the time nobody could properly hold them accountable because climate change was not as much of a global health concern as it is today. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a bit unfair to <laughs> get developing countries to not to not do what they can to improve on their countries. I'm not saying that we should encourage them to 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 to, to, to pollute the environment, but you have to consider the fact that okay, yes, they they're not the biggest polluters out there. Right. And you cannot group as 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 said before, you cannot group low and middle income countries together. Yeah, and say sixty three percent. You have the US, you have China, you have big companies, you have industries, mm. energy industry. I think it's targeting industries as well, more than countries. Yeah, industries particularly, the petroleum industry, the uh, energy industry, transport Fast industry, fashion. the fashion industry. Let's talk about the fashion industry. Yeah. Where are you getting your iPhone from? Like Adidas. I don't even have one. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to add you, but let's talk, let's yeah, talk about exactly no. admitting the people that are profiting a lot from from these from from these um um products are the ones that are emitting the most uh, that are emitting the most greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. No, I like what you said with that the industries. I think they also need to be targeted. I think they get away scot-free because they have money and they make money for their countries but but then are we then going to start telling people to stop wearing nike no like i still wearing. i think more than per, like personal responsibility is important i think we should all do our part to our capacity to uh be and you know nicer to the kinder to the environment but actually targeting industries and how they produce their material um you know, um, putting more research into alternative methods and all of that. I think that is, should be a bigger priority than telling one person, okay, stop using plastic. Because that's not really, I don't know, it's not productive. It's not productive conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say to add to that, it's me personally, if we're to ask me, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. It is, yes, I grew up in an era of like, yeah, what, what's the name? An Inconvenient Truth, that documentary coming out. Yeah. We were very much taught from an, <clears throat> excuse me, from an early age that, you know, you know, try to recycle, switched from plastic straws to, you know, the metallic straws. You're taught, um, you know, like a lot of things that you can, a lot of action that you as a person can take in order to, you know, reduce our uh, carbon footprint, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also see that when we talk about global levels, like Jocelyn pointed out, like there's whole industries that are like responsible for like these big, big emissions. It's not me personally on my own that's, you know, contributing to majority of like the emissions. It's coming from particular industries. It's coming from very particular countries. So then it's like, it's difficult to find this balance between, okay, where's the personal responsibility? Mm-hmm. To- where can we actually have more like systemic changes? Mm. I think that is a challenge right now, but I often see the conversation being geared towards personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why. I think maybe it's easier to tackle if you just tell people to recycle more, Mm -hmm. but 
like to what extent is that really going to address our problems if the biggest emitters are going to are still continuing to emit <laughs> like yeah. I, I yeah I, I relate with that I remember when I was learning about climate change from primary school no in fact from nursery school from from day one they told us the world is climate all the the little um, talks that we had, or oh, we cycled, doing some illustrations or whatever, mm. it was all individual and it was kind of in the individualistic, kind of, it was that individualistic approach. And now growing up, I now see that there are a lot of other factors that have not been addressed. They have, why have they not been taught to us? Mm. Mm. Talk about climate change, climate education, like geography, why I don't know if you, if you guys know that you did geography in IB, right? I did, yeah, we, we did a lot of climate change. Do you feel, because personally, so when I learned a lot of this stuff, I didn't, right. I wasn't taught enough yeah. about the industries and how exactly they're yeah. looking and how they should be held accountable. Absolutely. Differently. It was mostly like people, people, people. Yeah, I were, yeah, yeah. When we did climate change, I mean, we did a lot of it, but it was the science of it, how it worked. People did it, how it affects people. It wasn't a lot of focus on the industries. Yeah. And for me, <clears throat> I think we have way past the conversation of like, okay, is climate change an issue? I think now for me, I take issue sometimes with how we approach the solutions. Mm. One of the personal responsibility things that's really highly encouraged, because I do think it's possible that, um, you know, the actions of many, many individuals, you know, mm. as a can make a lot of like a difference yeah so for instance let's cut down on our um consumption of animal products yeah that's quite popular right now is like milk alternatives right just rely on like milk produced from cows or from animals it's you know try your oat milk try your milk try your soy milk yeah things but there's issues with those yeah you also, I think it comes to sustainability, like overconsumption, right? Because people said milk alternatives, they all went to soy, but then soy was also like production was affecting the environment, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's like focusing on sustainably derived products, I think exactly. is an ultimate goal. It's an ultimate goal. But I think it's, again, it has taken a lot of personal responsibility to do that. Like, like Jocelyn is saying, it's mm-hmm. not a geography class that I learned about these things of like, yeah, they'll encourage you to like switch to like different alternatives, but they may not go into like, but soy milk has these and these, you know, downsides. Mm. Almond milk, I know, is like one that requires a lot of water in order to yeah. no yeah. one to that fine detail. I had to find it out on my own and then I have to make the lifestyle change into like right. Yeah. And that's why I want to also focus on the industries because they're the ones. Like, yes, there's personal responsibility, but and we need to stay educated 100%. But at the end of the day, it is there. I think there needs to be some sort of responsibility on the producers to do it in a responsible and sustainable, ethical way. Mm-hmm. 100%. But yeah, I think one big thing, though, in terms of like personal change, I like I liked seeing this um, was as a collective, I think a change we did, I make jokes about the plastic straws, but like, I never see plastic straws anymore. And I remember it being such a big thing on TikTok of like, it's gonna kill the turtles. And that was the power of people. Like it was people that said, oh, I saw the problem in this. We need to change it. And then the industries adapted. So maybe if we all collectively agree on things, we can force them to change again. Yeah, exactly. 
And I think, Dawson, you also made an excellent point when we were talking before about like affordability of some of these things as well. We need to consider that. Yeah. We need to consider. Yeah. I think, yeah, Some sometimes um, the conversation around being environmentally friendly can be classist because not everyone has resources to um, choose certain things. Like some things are not affordable. Yeah. You, um, can, you with fast fashion, for example. Hmm? Nice, you living in a nice apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, or to choose certain shops that you want to right. shop at you could go to i don't know a plant-based um, <clears throat> buy your food or mm-hmm. buy you know you could go to certain even to shop for your clothes you could afford but some people only it's it's not is it a healthy option no but some people only have the choice of fast fast food today right. some people only can only even even in western countries in yeah Europe, People, some people only eat like McDonald's and stuff like that because they can only afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that can. That's also where it gets problematic. This personal responsibility thing. Yeah, um, sometimes it's the only choice. Do you now think that everyone should be vegan? No, it's not sustainable. I don't think so either because, like Loza pointed out, a lot of like vegan products are based on soy, right? And yeah, soy, like production and the farming of it can actually also cause harm so whatever we consume if it's too much it will cause harm Mm -hmm. it's just reducing it um and forcing everyone to be vegan i mean i don't know it even feels culturally insensitive like telling you to cut out all your traditional foods and eat a carrot i don't know and and i also understand that over um over consumption of red meat is a climate problem as well can cause can can lead to all these problems because it contributes to Agriculture and agriculture is also a major emitter of CO2, uh, an emitter of CO2. So, um, yeah, whilst we acknowledge that, yeah, meat consumption is a problem, overconsumption of meat is a problem. That's some, but it's we we do have to try to remain equitable and we think of other people as well. If you're mm-hmm. going to be able to completely stop eating meat, some people can't afford to do that. But at the same time, if you can, it would be helpful to not over-consume meat. Yeah. 100%. I think you guys bring up an excellent point there in terms of, like, culture as well. Like, what some of these proposed climate change solutions can mean for culture. Because I know in a lot of places, it's like, already my diet rarely includes, like, meat because I cannot afford it. So, yes, meat, it's like, it's a sign of, like, yes, times are good. Right. I'm telling these people you're bad for the environment. <laughs> Does that make sense? What? Yeah. Yeah. Understanding yeah. the nuances of it is really important. Understanding the nuances. Yeah. So I think now we we've understood that okay, yeah, there's a lot of personal responsibility, and we've touched on all these various things, and it is very much pushed on people, but um yeah, it's not enough that's pushed on the industries. Like, I think who mentioned, like, the fashion industry, Yoshi-ins. Yeah. You know, and the issue that I find there is, let's say now, we we, we know fast fashion is terrible for the environment. Yeah. But the thing is, do we all have enough money to be shopping in these brands that, you know, really source their materials right. in an eco-friendly way and all these different things? No. But now does that mean you're not allowed to be fashionable? (laughs) 
Yeah, that, no, this is a conversation. It's hard. Like, I think telling people, shaming people for shopping past fashion is ridiculous because oh, now what am I meant to do? Pay like a hundred for a t-shirt? I can't. But I think um, we do have, and I'm guilty of this, we do have a culture of overconsumption. Like we say retail therapy. We say, I'm going to go shop. I feel sad. I'm going to buy a new thing. Um, you, you can do without that new shirt or without, like you don't have to buy as often. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my advice is it's not necessarily never shop fast fashion because not all of us can afford it, but you know, you don't need multiple things every month. You don't need to change your wardrobe every month. It's like, you can be fashionable with what you have. I think. And also you can be fashionable in so many ways. Like you don't always have to shop at some of these places. Like personally, and I've seen people do it, you can do some of the knitting yourself. There's something that you could do yourself. True. My friend was crocheting. It will save you money. It will save you transport. It will save you so many different things. So if you, if it's not of you like buying food or like delivering, or, I don't know, buying food or going to a restaurant every single day, you could also make your own food at home. Or what else? There's so, there's so many, there's so many just yeah, <laughs> trying to like bring a whole person to come and fix your your roof I don't know something something just try you know (laughs) and also enjoy yourself then you might find yourself actually be like okay I'm actually good at this yeah yeah 100% I really like that approach um and in general like I think yes we don't want to hammer on about personal responsibility and stuff but I do think I believe the one key thing that could really help in terms of like leading to bigger changes is your money your money can actually make impact yeah your money talks your money talks and what you spend your money on Mm. is very important so here you can choose to spend your money on fast fashion or you can choose to spend your money on like let me get me some knitting materials let me go on youtube let me find out how to do this you know what i mean and oh that's so cute you said let me plug I do have to. Anyways, keep going. Fashion by Jocelyn coming soon. As in, coming with the fashion tips very soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that would be like my my mm-hmm. piece of advice for people in terms of like things that you can do that can actually you know at a later stage kind of give you know have great impact is like use your wallet, mm-hmm. invest if you can if you have enough money. Maybe you can invest towards, you know, innovative solutions. To- yeah, this one's for the millionaires. It's not really just for the millionaires. No, okay, for the wealthies. For the people that, you know. You don't have to wear designer from head to toe. I know some of you are itching. Are you acting? Please. <laughs> I know some people are going to drag me for saying this. It's oh, not every day, love at all. It's not every day. It is not. Sometimes. You don't have to, you know, show to show that you're a fashionable person. You don't have to wear those things all the time. And I'm not saying that I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be fashionable. I'm just saying, just, just be mindful. <laughs> you sound like a mom. Be mindful. It's so cute. <laughs> be mindful. But no, it's true. And you, yeah, as you were saying, investing. Yeah. I mean, think about the fact that like, no, these, these, um, don't underestimate your wallet because you know a lot of these companies they want your money. Think about the the, the campaigns they go on when it's Black History Month, when it's uh-huh. um, what Pride you, Month. Pride Month. There we go. It's the Pride rainbows month. come out. 
the rainbow suddenly come out suddenly then yes we embrace everybody we love everybody yeah money runs the world unfortunately and so where you put your money um will reflect and what changes are going to happen is true yeah so then my second piece of advice to people um and you guys feel free to chime in i think is around you as a person the other power that you have if you can vote is how you vote who you elect to be your representative what mm-hmm. kind of policy makers you elect and what do those policy makers prioritize mm-hmm. i'm big on this mm-hmm. i'm big on this yeah Absolutely. switzerland and the referendums pay attention to them Yeah, no, 100%. I know one of the key issues here that we had to vote on in Switzerland was around like taxing of airplanes. Oh, airplanes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was one of those things of like we could vote to sort of increase the tax for airplanes or something. But the whole debate there was around like, well, that now means me personally I have to pay have more. To pay more. Yeah. But it was still put up for a public vote, which is yeah. Yeah, great conversation. Maybe sometimes we need to sacrifice some things for the environment. Yeah. But yeah, guys, elect policy makers that consider climate change a priority. Mhm. I couldn't agree more. I think yeah, that was going to be my advice but you said it, but I think I think that the policy makers make the decisions and the way we can affect things is by electing them because some of you know some of you people have a say i i don't have any votes but some of you people have votes so please vote <laughs> for the environment there's only so much recycling i can do <laughs> this one sounds tired tired like it has recycled enough this ad somewhere saying that the bin is not magic it doesn't just go anywhere you know <laughs> <in a week. laughs> yeah like there's no, there's only so much recycling i can do So at the end of the day the decisions are being made by the policy makers. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way can collectively come together to yeah. elect the right people then maybe yeah. I think it's also being in collective like yeah uniting actually creates change. Mm-hmm. If you collectively vote if we all collectively put our money in you know environmentally friendly places then or spend our money there then we can see a change in the right direction. Yes, I think that's a beautiful way to sum all of this up. I don't know if you get any more advice for our listeners, any big takeaways from this episode. Hmm. Sorry, just stay woke. I stay warm. Warm. Yeah. <laughs> She's sick. <laughs> sick y'all like don't don't you know. I'd like to apologize but <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you I think you said it like with the two main points but um I think just stay informed that climate change is in a far away concept um and it's bound to affect everybody and it's it is something that you can do something about like it is an issue but we have some power to change it and place in ways that we can spend our money elect but also for the policy makers and you know maybe some powerful people are listening to us uh please um <laughs> just, please. just please uh like do better y'all know what i'm talking about do better and fortunately or unfortunately or fortunately 
we right now we can't like we can't ignore the fact that global health is global so mm-hmm. you can't just focus on health or medicine <laughs> you have to think about the environment you have to think about the globe think about the insects you have to think about everything even waste we're interrupt everybody. So healthcare is one. We have to consider that one health approach. This one. Why not? She dropped it in last minute. <laughs> For it. <laughs> I was like, one healthy all. That's one true. Look it up. That we have learned. I have learned in my lectures that health <laughs> is. You cannot approach health only from a oh scientific perspective. Mm-hmm. Understand that in global health. There's so many factors. This ecosystem, nature is interconnected. Mm-hmm. Without us acting right accordingly for it, we're not going to be able to survive. Amen. <laughs> See, I joke a lot, but I make points. <laughs> that was a that was a good point. No, it's point. true. No, it makes sense. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right then. I guess that's 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 us for this episode. Yeah. Crisis if impacts on global health. Thank you all for listening to yet another episode of the World Health Investigation Podcast. Nice. I'm, Ed. I'm Jocelyn and I'm Loza and we are three young global health professionals and your host for the World Health Investigation Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please follow us on our social <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, World Health Investigation, on mm-hmm. Twitter at WHI underscore podcast, mm-hmm. World Health Investigation, and YouTube, World Health Investigation. Please subscribe. <laughs> subscribe and follow. <laughs> right now immediately we threaten you every week but do it now expeditiously we're watching you just know we're watching you there we are cameras (laughs) thank you for listening and have a lovely week